For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. On midday, good to have your company on a Thursday. Late night shopping at Terrace Centre Palmerston North. It's the 17th of November. Got three hours with you today, and one hour is going to be. I've been planning this for quite some time, and it's come to fruition today. First of all, is midday madness. Uh, the All Black team naming is tomorrow. What is the 23 that are going to take on England at Twickenham? I don't want yours. I want who you. Crystal ball. What's Ian Foster going to pick? Is he going to take a chance? Is he going to make a few changes? Is he sticking tried and true? Does Geordie play 12? Does Taylor or Tokiahu start in two? Who plays six? What's the bench look like? Is Perinara back in the 23? I really want to hear your teams. 0800 150 Start calling now as I preview the rest of the show. Midday Madness, Ian Foster's 23 for a very crucial end of season match against England at a packed Twickenham coached by Eddie Jones big 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 test match also going to be talking to Nigel Yeldon um, very well respected rugby commentator and writer ahead of the All Blacks England test match at Twickenham we'll ask him who he thinks is 23 will be as well and um, and we'll reflect back on the Black Ferns as well very passionate rugby man Nigel Yeldon Um, Good to pick his brain and share some rugby yarns with him. And between one and two, Silver Ferns goal shoot Grayson Wicket will be in studio. Nice, long-form, relaxed, easy chat with Grace. She's not come out of nowhere. She has put in a bit of time in in development teams and wider training groups, etc. But she will come in here and we will share her story with you where she come from, her schooling, her life in New Zealand. Um, a lot of people don't realise she was actually born in New Zealand. She's an out-and-out Kiwi, but with Nigerian heritage as well, both parents. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to just uh, learn a little bit more about them because when we learn a bit more about players, we, we're just a little bit more connected to them. So a big thank you to Grace for 
um, agreeing to come in for an hour. So that's one till two. Nigel will be after two. We have a new vault for you today as well. Uh, we'll have a quick catch up with Liz Whelan, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound New Zealand as well, about what Cup Week meant to them and what's ahead. And I'll pick her brains for a couple of tips as well. But 0800 150 811. It is midday madness. Who's the 23 Fozzie's going to pick? Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yeah! I also meant to say, if you've got any questions for Grace and Wiki, um, double eight double three. We've already got one in from Carly. Uh, so text them through I'll keep them all in a little folder and when she comes in and we, if we get an opportunity we'll open up the lines if you want to have a chat to her um, and have a couple of questions for Grace as well that'll be after the one o'clock news but who is the 23 that Fozzie's going to pick I've picked my 15 I've picked four of the reserves who I think I'm just I'm not decided on the six let's find out what you guys think Zaid g'day buddy g'day <laughs> I was going to say, one, th- one thing if I get into my All Blacks team, put a bow on it, that's All Blacks rugby. <laughs> put a bow on it, that's All Black rugby. <laughs> oh, well done. That's like one Nigel, Nigel. <laughs> oh, he's got some great lines as Nigel. He loves yeah. his rugby. See, um, they reckon Israel Asanya got caught with knuckle dusters in New York. He did. But I've got an update yeah. for you. I've got an update for you. Stand by. Here it is. Um, he was handed a gift. The knuckle dusters were a gift from a fan and he put it in his luggage. And when it was flagged at the airport, he disposed of them, cooperated with authorities. He has complied accordingly with that and the matter was dismissed and he's on his way home. So um, yeah, yeah. nothing's happening. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah, All Blacks team, uh, quickly. Uh, the props, Tyrell Lomax and Ethan DeGroot. I'm going to go hooker Cody Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, Locks, um, Sam Whitelock and Brody Italic starting in his hundredth game. Yep. Number six, Co- uh, number six, Akira Ioani. Number seven, Dalton Papali'i. Number eight, Adi Savia. Number nine, Aaron Smith. Mm-hmm. Number ten, Richie Mawanga. Mm-hmm. Twelve, Jordy Barrett. Thirteen, Rico Ioani. Rico Ioani. Eleven, Caleb Clark. 14, Mark Talia, and fullback, Bowden Barrett. So I've got three different to you. I think he'll start Tokiaho. I think he'll start Scott Barrett at six. And I think Severi Reese might get a start out on the right wing. He, he could do it. I just want Mark Talia to have another go. because It's not so what well you want, Zaid. It's not what you want. I want to know what Ian Foster's going to choose. Not what you want. Did he ring you? No, he, he didn't. Will, yeah, you're probably right. He probably will pick Severi Reese, <laughs> and then I'd have Tokiaho. I'd have like Takiyaho probably on the bench, maybe someone like a Nipo Lalala or Ofatunga Fasi on the bench, maybe a yeah one of those, and then maybe like Fletcher Nua or someone. Um, probably halfback, yeah, probably Finlay Christie still. Um, and then I don't know who they're gonna go second five centre cover. I don't know. Has to be maybe Harvey or Brown again. Has but I wouldn't start with either of them. I don't know. Mm. Maybe one of them on the bench. But it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. One of them on the bench. All right, Zade, we'll see how close we get. And I reckon All Blacks 1 to 12, if you're going to pick a margin, though, it's going to be a tight one, I reckon. Yeah, so. I think it'll be tight either way. Yeah. It will be tight either way. I'd love us to smash but, uh, them, hopefully, though. Hopefully Eddie Jones is crying after the game anyway. That's, That's the one. That's the one. We don't wish it lives the man, but we just hope he comes second. 
Yeah, all right then. Good on you, Zach. Good rest of the show. Thank you, you too, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Mikey Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, g'day, Staffy. Hey, uh, just before I get into that, how long has it been since the New Zealand women have won the World Cup? Five days? Yeah. Come on, NZRU, stop sitting on your hands. You've got oh, one job. I know. You've one job. <laughs> Come on. I think there will be yeah. an announcement today or tomorrow. I don't think they'll wait till yeah. the... I, they have to. Yeah, they have to. Hey, um, okay, props always like... Oh, I don't really know much about props, but I've got Bauer, Offer, Ether, De Groot, Nipa. So two, two, on, two on the bench. Yeah. Um, Samasoni to start with Cody on the bench. Yeah. Um, White Lock and Retallick, uh, Tupu Vai. I've got five forwards on the bench here. Um, I think it's going to be that kind of game. Mm. Tupu Vai on the bench. Uh, Scott Barrett, um, Dalton Papalihi with Ika Akira on the bench, which which I wish he wasn't. I think he will choose him. I think it should be Frizzell personally, but I think he's going to go with Akira. Do you think he'll, um, he might go... Oh, no, Scott Barrett's not there, is he? Is he there? Scott Barrett will be in the... He'll be in, in the Lucy's, I reckon. Yeah, start at six, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have Dalton and, and Scott. I think Dalton's shown enough this tour. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Kira, God, how many chances this guy get? But I think he will be on the bench. Um, Artie, of course. That's that's just etched in stone. Um, Aaron Smith with Finlay on the bench. Uh, Richie at 10. I reckon they're going to go with Anton and Geordie. I think Anton's showed enough, and I think that's what they want for the World Cup because mm. um, he's fit. And um, with Rico on the bench, and Rico can cover everything, can't he? Well, except maybe fullback, but he can certainly cover centres and wing. Um, I think they're going to start Sivu um, with Caleb Clark and with uh, Bodie at fullback. Just on the Rico thing, like um, he's much better at centre now than he was last year, but I almost feel like if they don't keep him at centre and they did go Geordie and Anton Leonard-Brown or Anton and Haveli and put Rico out on the wing, that's almost going back on this two-year development programme they've had with Rico. And that's them admitting they've got it wrong. And I don't think they like doing that. A bit like Roger Tuivasa-Sheck playing at 12 when everyone's saying, give him a crack on the wing or the fullback, and they just don't. Yeah, but, but you're, you're right in saying that. But the other thing here, this is, we're playing England, mate. This is put up or shut up. Yeah. And we, if we walk away, if, if he walks away with a loss, I mean, we kind of had an uh, average game against Scotland, play well against Wales. So I guess we're good, due for a good game, because that's, that's how the season's been going, isn't it? Good game, bad game, good game. So I think he's got a. Uh, there's no point. Yeah, we've got to go for it. We've got to beat these buggers because if we lose to England, can you imagine the English press? I mean, I, I sort of tip that we would lose anyway, but I think if they got their heads on properly, they put a, a really good team on the park. Um, and uh, surely Rico's ego is a bit more in check these days than it used to be. He's had a lot of chances. He, You're right, he's been better at centre than when he started, but he's a phenomenal wing. Mm. <laughs> you know, and look, hey, if someone goes off, he still get his chance to go in at centre. They're going to put the replacements on, so everyone's going to get some game time. You know, this isn't this isn't uh, poor old uh, Stephen Perifeta sort of time. I don't think. <laughs> you know, one of these guys will they'll get on and have a decent uh, crack at it for twenty minutes or twenty five minutes. I think so. Mm. Uh, should be good though. It's good, good watching time, isn't it? Like seven or eight in the morning or something like that. Yeah, it's a, it is a good watching time. It is at gosh, there's a lot of games. Or six thirty. Six. That's so unlike Twickenham. 
they used to, they usually always do three in the morning and who gives the stuff what the other side of the world thinks. So that's uh, nice. quite incredible in itself. So good on. Mm. Uh, did you know that at uh, 8.45 tomorrow morning is the Barbars playing Harlequins? I don't know if that's going to be broadcast. I hope it is. Um, and the I've, future English coach. Yes, and I've just looked at the Barbars. <laughs> I've looked at the Barbars team. Um, looks like AJ Lamb might be on the wing. Levi Amua at centre. Damien McKenzie... First five, uh, Hoogard, the South oh, African. Damien's playing, isn't he? Damien's playing for them, yeah. Um, we've got a Papali'i playing eight. A Papali'i, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, that's the Kiwis that I can see. Oh, Scott Scrafton, was he? I think Scott Scrafton might be, he's playing somewhere as well. Um, is he lock? I'm sure I saw him before. Here he is, he's playing lock, Scott Scrafton. He played Hurricanes last year. He's in the Barbar side, so... And they've named about a ten-man bench. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like they're calling it the Barbarians, but it's almost like the Scott Robinson running on the Gower rehearsal tour. Yes, it is. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Anyway, good on you, mate. Good, buddy. Good show. Good to hear from you, Mikey. Yes, um, give us a yell. Who do you think? Like, do you think you go Barrett six? I actually think TJ Perinara might get on the bench. I think he might make the bench. He was good last week, wasn't he, TJ? Wound the clock back. That makes it sound like an old guy playing young, but he was he was really good last week, and he is a very hungry and very competitive man. Anyway, give us a yell, 0800-150-811, to tell us who you think Ian Foster will pick. Not the one you'd pick, because we do a lot of that. Let's see how close we can get to the team that we think he will pick. 0800-150-811, take your calls after this. Who is Ian Foster going to choose? Who is our 15 mainly, but if you want to go bench as well, um, let us know your starting 15 you think he will pick. Not who you will pick, who you think he will pick. See how close we can get. 0800-150-811-ED, Tolaga Bay slash Auckland. Uh, kia ora, Ed. Kia ora, Mato Hey, Mato Steffi, so uh, hey, uh, guess what? I've got this eight-league multi going. Have you? And I've won seven leagues. Oh! Sh- yeah, so I, it was $4, and I win 480 bucks. What's your last and, league? Um, What's your last league, Ed? It's at 2 p.m. today, and it's Peru to play Paraguay in soccer. Mm. They're paying two bucks. Mm. Well, what but are the you... The thing is that Peru have beaten them 10 times. <laughs> oh, that's two dollars ten, and Paraguay are three dollars thirty. Peru are at home. Are you? Mm. Are you looking at? It? Yeah, I'm looking so, at it. Man, I had, I had FA Cup. I had Peterborough, Oxford. Then I had Western Australia, Turkey, Poland, Italy, and I had Townsville Firewomen. I didn't even know who they are, and they all won. Wow. So you're up to win four hundred yeah, over four hundred bucks. Four hundred and eighty bucks for my four dollars. Oh, you put four dollars on. <laughs> yeah, because the old for hundred and twenty bucks. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so um, we're talking about Ian Foster. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, bro. If I was going to pick whoever he wants. <laughs> yeah, but who, 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 who does he want, Ed? Who does he want? Who do you think he wants? Yes. Oh, 
Hasn't he picked the team yet? No, no, it's tonight. Overnight tonight, I think. Oh. So who oh, do you think? Right. I got that all. I mucked that up. No, no. I thought he had already picked them, and then he's going to pick whoever he wants, and he don't care about anybody else anyway. <laughs> who do you think he'll pick at hooker? Hooker? Well, I hope he takes um, um, Tokiaho. Mm. And Taylor on the bench. Yeah. Who do you think will be the reserve oh. halfback? Oh, man, because bro- my cousin was talking about TJ. So TJ's going to start. TJ's going to start? Why not? Wow. And, and, well, oh, no, sorry, because TJ over Aaron Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be TJ's reserve, sorry. Aaron, Aaron will start. Aaron will start TJ reserve. I think so, too. I think so. Yeah, sorry. And Geordie Barrett, 12 jersey for you, Ed? Yeah, put him there. But, you know, the fellow that's mucking it up is that Bowden Barrett. Mm-mm. So, where's he going to go? Because, man, he's all over the place. Mm. Oh, I got an important. I got an important question oh. for you though. Which karaoke bar are you in at the moment? Huh. No, bro, I'm in the thoroughbred. The thoroughbred. Oh, the thoroughbred pub. I'm sucking in. I could just hear time after time in the background. Oh yeah, you know they've got a bit of music there. And they've got like one, two, three, four, four TVs, big screen over there, and that's all on the TAV. And that one over there is playing cricket right now. And who are those guys? It's India versus somebody. <laughs> and there's little, and there's the locals here. The locals are here. And this table over here, I'm looking at that's old Bob Vance's table with all those boys. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, but they're not here. But they'll be rolling in soon. One of them just got in. <laughs> uh, you parked up for the afternoon, yeah. are you, Ed? Uh, until two o'clock, and then I've got to go and grab my little one from school. Yeah. Awesome. All right, buddy. And it's two o'clock. Yeah. I've been waiting for this Peru, Peru result, man. Yeah. Oh, man. We'll all be watching it. We'll all be watching it. Get up, Peru. Oh, yes, now you all know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you all know. Oh, I'm on the radio. <laughs> all right, Ed. We'll leave you to it, mate. No, Mahipo. Cheers. Oh. Cheers. <laughs> oh, Ed. He rings us from all sorts of locations, countdown car parks, uh, side streets in Auckland, and now he's at the Thoroughbred. In Ta- if you want to go and have a beer with Ed, he'd love to see you. Did he say it was the Thoroughbred Bar in Takanini? I think that's what he said, yeah. Oh, classic. What a great man. Uh, Roy's just texted in and said, if the All Blacks lose this test, the coach might be looking for a foster home. It's very true. <laughs> Rory, thank you. Um, some of your texts... Lines are free. No one's online. So if you call up now, 0800 150 811, you'll get straight through. Um, Staffy, I reckon it'll be very similar to the Wales game. Geordie at 12, Frizzell at 6, and TJ on the bench. That's from Nick. Frizzell, I've just got an inkling with um, Brody Retallick back. They'll go Scott Barrett at 6. Against England, against England and South Africa, they like Scott Barrett at six. And I agree with that. I like Scott Barrett at six against those two teams, which would mean you need lock cover definitely on the bench because sometimes if Scott Barrett's on the bench, he can cover lock at six. So Tupo Va'i, he will probably... If Barrett's at six, Va'i is definitely on the bench. Um, hard to know loose forwards, 
loose forward to cover. I guess I guess Frizzell would have to go onto the bench if Scott Barrett starts, but I think the lock-ins are Savia and Papali'i. In my back, I think he'll go Barrett 12. I really hope he goes Barrett 12. And if he does, what does he do with 13? Because Anton Leonard-Brown, he looked classy. He's been out for so long, doesn't need much rugby to show his class. Uh, we'll go to Christchurch, talk to Chris. G'day, Chris. Hey, mate. How's it going? Good, thanks, Chris. Uh, just quickly, I'll go um, the group, Takiaho, Lomax, Retallick, Whitelock, Brazil, Severe, Papali'i, Smith, Moanga, Barrett, uh, Rico, and then they'll go Clark, Talia on the wings and Barrett at fullback, I reckon. Well, you think they'll go Talia? Oh, he was wonderful last yeah, week. Yeah, I reckon I'll give him another go just to see. Because I think, yeah, he's got a lot to go. Maybe on defence. So yeah. they might go Talia. Yeah, because he's quite, he's quite tall. He's good aerially. And we know that they like yeah, yeah, yeah. they like that aerial game from their wings, I don't Clark they? Clark needs a big game. Y- yes, I do too. <laughs> he's been yeah. a bit quiet. Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, wonderful. But, um, yeah, I've got to shoot back to work, mate, and um, I'll catch you later. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, let's quickly go to Jared out of Christchurch. G'day, Jared. Hey, Steffi. Hey, um, yeah, I think Talia should get another run on the wing. I just think his composure for his first test was absolutely superb. So give him another crack in the in the big big pond against the big boys and see how he goes, and that could answer a few questions. Re our back three. Um, the other one, I think, obviously, is. Uh, Oh, Brody will start, and then you've got a sort of like a coin toss for Barrett and Frizzell, in my opinion. Now, um, I'd start Barrett, because I think if he's coming off the bench, he's he's a bit of a penalty liability every now and then, a little bit with his discipline. So I think if he only had 20 minutes to prove himself, he might get a bit overexcited. So <laughs> I'd start him and, and let him sort of get into his work. He's a massive unit against massive English players and maybe bring Frizzell off the bench. It's sort of like 50-50 in it, really. Takiyaho starts. Our, our front row's obvious, and the rest is sort of selects itself. Geordie, Rico. Caleb's a bit of a worry with his defensive reads, but he's a big unit too. So I think we're going to, hopefully, we'll try and out-physical them. They're going to try to do that to us, but let's just show them uh, what we're made of at the moment. Mm. Perinara on the bench, or do you think they'll go Christy? Oh, 100%. No, nah, I'd go Perinara, mate. Like, a lot of uh, experience and now. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go Christy at the moment. He's, I think he's still trying to find his feet and prove himself within the squad. I'd go Perinara and Smith, the old campaigners. And I think that experience, especially with how our team's travelling at the moment, inconsistent, I think that'll uh, shore up some things. I mean, I've never been a massive TJ fan, but he had a great game the other day. And I think... Uh, I think he's got, he still offers a lot. Mm. Got a real competitive edge to him, hasn't he? He's a real competitive. 100%. 100%. Mm. Good stuff, Jared. Good to chat. Okay, bud. Cheers, yeah. buddy. Jared out across you. Take a quick break. New sport and weather. We'll come back with Lammy and others. 0800 150 811. Pick us that 23 to beat England. Let's go. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Got a text in from Zade for a message for you, Ed. He just says, I hope Ed has a great afternoon at the pub. Here we go. Cloudy areas in afternoon. Oh, and there's some cloudy areas in the afternoon for Ed. But it doesn't matter because he's inside. 
He's inside attacking it. There you go, Ed. Have a great afternoon from Zade. We go to, oh, nearly my nemesis yesterday, Lammy from Palmerston North. G'day, Lammy. Hey, Steffi, how you going, brother? Good, I got a phone call from a friend of mine last night at home, and he said, mate, Lammy was awesome. Oh, hey, you know that last question? I couldn't quite hear it because of the dong or something. And just before you came on, uh, before I came on, I was looking up NHL hockey. Oh! You know, ice hockey? Oh, yeah, mate. I was all, if I, if I couldn't like, listen to it properly, you would have that dong or whatever, I would have probably got it. But anyway, <laughs> it's one of those things, mate. <laughs> it was good fun, Lemmy. It was good fun. Oh, mate. You were awesome, though, Steffi. It's like, holy moly, man. I was thinking... Yeah, you're the man, all right, brother. <laughs> you know, smart minds come from the money or two anyway, brother. That's, That's it, boy. That's it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Anyway, oh, here's the back line. Uh, I reckon Anton Lennon Brown will be second. Uh, and uh, Rico will be centre because, like you said before, for two years I've been um, playing Rico at centre. So... I think they're still going to go with him at centre. Mm. He's not going to go winging, winger at all, unless they have injuries or something. And other wingers will be um, uh, Sivi Reese and Caleb Clark and Jordy will be fullback. And I'm afraid to say Bowden will be in the reserves. In the reserves, coming on at half time or whatever. Because remember in 2015 he came on and did a lot of damage for the All Blacks and they won the World Cup in the last game. Yeah, he is so that's what, he is such a good reserve or a bench player because he yeah. can play 10 and 15, which are crucial mm. crucial spots. Yeah, it'll be interesting, the make Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I just, yeah, that's what I think anyway. I could be wrong. And TJ should be the reserve halfback. And the other back, oh, geez, I'll probably pick David Havili. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just... I reckon Anton Lennon-Brown, he should be actually starting instead of coming on because he's much better player starting instead of coming on in the, um, in the second half. Or yeah, he's so. a classy player, isn't he? Just, oh, just mate, he's, cla- yeah. he's just all class. So, yeah, so I'm picking All Blacks to win between 11 and 20 anyway. That's what I think anyway. Hope you're Hopefully, right, mate. I don't, like, I don't like losing to England. That's the only team in the whole goddamn world I don't like losing to is England because, mate, they can just, when they win, they just, oh, mate, it's just, <laughs> they just pour it onto the All Blacks at this and All Blacks are there. I'm going, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the anyway. same. The other team I least like losing to is England in rugby. <laughs> and to beat them in yeah, a pack, yeah, Twickenham, is just about the most satisfying thing in rugby. Oh, yeah, mate. No, to be hopeful, hopefully they thresh them. Yeah. I don't care about how much, but just to, you know, just to keep them quiet. <laughs> yeah. for another year. That's it, mate. Get to him, mate. Get yeah. to... Good on you, Lammy. Good to hear from you again. Good to Same to you, Stephanie. Kick you later, buddy. Bye. See, see you, buddy. Lammy out of Palmy. Um, geez, he pushed me all the way yesterday in the chase. Good knowledge. Um, Zade's asking if we can bet on the Barbarians-Harlequins game. I don't... Not yet. I was actually looking. There's a big game this weekend uh, with permutations for the World Cup it's the there's a playoff for the final spot in the World Cup now uh, four teams have been playing off in a bit of a round robin and they are the USA Portugal Kenya and Hong Kong round one USA flogged Kenya Portugal flogged Hong Kong round two Portugal flogged Kenya USA flogged Hong Kong by similar margins so it's a massive match this weekend um Saturday morning, 
USA Portugal winner World Cup. Amazing. Um, USA's been there before. I don't think Portugal's been to a World Cup before, though. Yeah, I don't think USA's been to a World Cup before. I was trying to look up the Barbarians to see what's happening with the halfbacks because, remember, Brad Weber went back to the All Blacks 15 and Piranara came over to the All Blacks. So I've gone to look at the Barbarians, but they've got a South African halfback. I'm like, who's over there at the moment? It's Aaron Smith, TJ Piranara, Brad Weber. Finlay Christie, are they all all four with the All Blacks, or has someone come home? I'm not, I'm not abreast of that. I'm not quite sure. Uh, some more teams have come in. Let's have a look at the ones. Uh, Staffy, oh, I've read that one. Hopefully, England win, <laughs> and Razor wins with the Barbarians. Razor takes England's job and kills New Zealand rugby for wasting his and taking Jason Ryan with me. How good would that be? Up the Black Caps. <laughs> Black Caps playing soon, aren't they? This weekend. Black Caps. Uh, Reese from Dunedin. He's gone to Groot, Samasoni, Lomax, Retallick, and Whitelock with Whitelock to captain. He's even put brackets around the sea. Impressive. Frizzell at six for him. Um, Papali Savia. Smith Moonga. Uh, midfield of Anton Leonard Brown and Rico Ioani. Um, wings of Clark. And Reese, Geordie Barrett, fullback. And a bench, he's got Cody Taylor on the bench, Scott Barrett on the bench, Kira on the bench, and backs, gosh, TJ Piranara, Bowden Barrett, and Anton Leonard Brown. That would be, would that be up there with the strongest all black bench ever? Piranara, Barrett, Anton Leonard Brown. Imagine with TJ Piranara, Bowden Barrett coming on with 20 minutes to go, the old Hurricanes connection. Oh, yeah, the old Smokey, the old Hurricane de Duda. That'd be amazing. Just that that little reunification. Uh, Mark says, as long as Akira isn't wearing a number jersey, I'm happy. Whew. Why is he so defi- de- divisive? Him? There was a big division in the Moonga Barrett, who should be best and all that. That seems to have died down a little bit now. Um Someone here says, I think you're spot on. Samasoni will start at two, Barrett at six, Geordie and Rico in the midfield, Caleb and Seville on the wings, TJ and Shannon will definitely be on the bench. The rest will depend on their backs and forwards split. Yep, and with that's the thing. We probably can go 5-2 split. Uh, what is it, 6-2 split? Because we've got so much depth and... Um, Diversity in our backline. When you think about Bowden Barrett, can play fullback, first five, probably wing at a pinch. Geordie Barrett can play second five, fullback. He can probably play first five at a pinch, but no. Moanga can play half, uh, first five, fullback. Caleb Clark's a wing. Talia Reese is a wing. Reese is fullback at, at a pinch. But there's so much, so much cover that's in the starting side, complemented by the bench. You might see that. Imagine three injuries to the back line and Adi Savia was forced to play centre. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, Ken, Bowden Barrett, Bowden Barrett, Mark Tillier, Rico, Geordie, Clark, Moonga, Smith, Adi Savia, Papali'i, Akira Ioani to start for Ken. <laughs> Barrett and Whitelock to start. No retallic for him in the starting side. Lomax, Samasoni and Ethan DeGroot. He thinks the bench will be Offa, Nipo, Cody Taylor, Brady Retallick on the bench with Frizzell uh, and 
Ton, Leonard Brown, David Havili, and TJ Perinara for Ken. We're sort of all, we're not in full agreement, but we're all sniffing around the same sort of solution, or the one we think, the one we think that he will pick. Um, Carlton has said Zade would put the whole Blues team in the starting 15, but where did the Blues finish against... (laughs) Uh, where did the Blues finish again? Ha ha. Seve Reese should be starting. No experimenting with them. Uh, not with England. That's from Carter. We have to beat England. Everyone's full agreement with that. Uh, Brett said, don't England have about 10 first choice players out? I'm going to go and investigate that actually, Brett. Let me go and do that. See if I can find that out in the next few minutes. We'll come back. I'm happy to read your text, but I'd love to take your calls. 0800 150 Back after a break. Just had a quick look. Yeah, England have got a number of players unavailable selection, but not many of them are first stringers uh, for mine. Maybe two. They've named about 12 unavailable, but uh, most of the big dogs are there. It's a big old test match. I forgot to say before the break, we're going to be joined now uh, by Chief Operating Officer of Greyhound New Zealand, Liz Whelan, on the back of last week, New Zealand Cup week, but it don't rest. But Liz, a big old week for you guys last week. I think, yes, it was. Look, on a personal level, I think I may need to detox for a wee bit after last week's bit of get down in Christchurch, but it was outstanding. And um, Thursday night for us, it's our biggest night of the year with three Group 1 races and also our richest race on the calendar, the $100,000 New Zealand Greyhound Cup. And it was a terrific feel that we had, and the race itself didn't disappoint either. One of the winners, and I can't remember which one it was, they all the owners go and stand up on the podium with their dog, and one of the dogs had about thirty people in and around it. Um, is <laughs> like I know syndication's quite big now in gallops and harness. Is is it the changing face of greyhounds too? Like get a group of friends and get into a greyhound. Yeah, definitely. Like I know for me, I started off in thoroughbred ownership and more and more from getting into the greyhound ownership side of things because it's really affordable. Your dogs can race once a week. You can head along and get a few mates involved and it's definitely an affordable option. Um, what a lot of people will tell you is if you're not at least getting your money back in, in greyhound racing, you may probably in the wrong dog. Whereas with horses, I think you've got to have a really good horse to be making money, to be honest. <laughs> and I've also heard stories like greyhound racing really champion um, greyhounds going into homes after they've finished their racing career and they're an amazing pet as well. And I'm hearing that some of the owners who just got into greyhound racing for the racing purpose end up adopting their former racing dogs and they are now pets. They're cool stories. It's, it's very cool. I actually know a few people at the moment who've got into their first ever greyhound and they've fallen in love with the sport, but they've also fallen in love with the dog. So these dogs have now got a guaranteed um, place on the couch at the end with their current owners. Um, at their current owner's house. But, I mean, they are beautiful animals. Again, I guess before I really got involved in the sport and got up close and personal with these dogs firsthand, I didn't realise just what great animals they are. But um, last year alone, we rehomed over 500... Sorry, last season alone, we rehomed over 500 greyhounds through our Great Lakes Rehoming Program. So we've got a lot of terrific rehoming agencies around the country who help us out. A few of those were out in force on Thursday. There were greyhounds wandering around um, up in the stand too, which sort of added to the atmosphere. Oh, that's so cool. Now, after, after such a massive day, like I know it, it took a few people physically to recover, but the industry carries on, the races carry on. Um, do, do a few of the dogs, do they need spelling like horses when they come to an end of campaign? Or I get the feeling they're quite hardy roosters and uh, we'll see them sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think the trainers that they will often target these races in advance. They'll have their dogs, um, I guess, peaking at the right time. But in terms of spelling, not not so much. You don't really see that in, in great hunt racing. They might give them a couple of weeks off for a bit of a freshen up after the series, but usually not too much more than that. And again, that's one of the great things about greyhounds is, you know, every week you can head to the track and watch your dog run. Mm. Now, people don't probably realise, but you're a sneaky good tipster sometimes. So, um, sometimes. Sometimes. So if you had your, nose, <laughs> had your nose in the form books for this coming weekend with some race meetings that might be on? Um, so coming up the next couple of weeks, um, the, the the usual Sunday meetings would be at Monaco, but that being held at Cambridge. And there's a couple of really exciting Lisa Cole greyhounds um, who are, I think, potentially stars on the rise. Um, so she's taking a team up to Cambridge on Sunday. Race one, there's a dog called Spacetron. Um, he debuted at Manor two, and he went 25.68, um, which is just insane. The track was running pretty fast that day, but to get a gauge, if you're breaking 26 seconds at Manor with two, you're, you're a really good dog. This goal's still on 25 on debut. That should be winning the first. It will be short, though. I would multi it up with another one of Lisa Coles in the next race. Race two, big time noise. Um, she's shooting for three wins um, from three starts. And I think, again, she's going to be really hard to beat. So multi those two up in the first two races. And uh, that's what I'll be doing anyway. So, you know, if people follow me and it doesn't win, you know that I've lost my money as well. <laughs> Talking to Liz Whelan, Chief Operating Officer from New Zealand Greyhounds. Last question, Liz. Where are the strongholds like where where are the ken, the hubs of kennels around the country i know i know they are spread out but where are the where are the actual nucleuses um in terms of i guess at the moment canterbury's really really strong um you know we've, we've got a lot of a lot of racing down there we've got racing four days a week at addington which is probably reflective of um, the number of dogs and trainers that we have in that population but um i guess centered throughout the north island as well we, you don't really see greyhound Trainers based further north in Auckland, but we do have a pocket of trainers based around that Auckland area. And of course, um, you know, Lisa Cole, one of the biggest kennels in New Zealand based in Palmerston North. So we do have quite a good geographical spread. Mm, nice. All right. Uh, the New Zealand Cup's over, but Greyhound Racing isn't over. Uh, race one and race two, Lisa Cole Dogs at Cambridge. I'm putting the multi on once I hang up, Liz. You and me are on together. Beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Dad. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, all the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yep, you're on Afternoons here on SENZ in association with Gull. Gull.nz, they fuel your mission all year round. I thought their special might be today, it must be tomorrow. So go and register on Gull.nz, they'll send you a notification and say, come and shop today because it's cheap. It's already cheap, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. I reckon it'll be tomorrow. Some more messages have come in on the Tampa Bear Post text machine around the rugby. Oh, there's a lot actually. Too many to actually read. Um, I'll pick out a couple, though. Uh, Jeepers. And it won't actually load now. There's something wrong with my Temper Bear Post text machine screen. Um, but thank you for all the texts. Get in on double eight double three because Grace Nwekke is in the house. What? She is here. She has arrived, ready to take your questions, ready to take my questions. We're going to have a good old chat for the next hour. Uh, the star shooter from the Silver Ferns. 
um, for the next hour. One till two, or just before two. Uh, Grace is happy to take your question, happy to take your calls. I just said, we might get this call. She said, oh, cool. Oh, cool. I love to talk to the people. So, Grace, take the calls. Uh, 0800 150 811. Get in the queue if you want to talk to Grace. And the Temper Bed Post text machine, always ready for your text messages. So, your questions on there as well. We've already had a few, but get them in. We've got Grace for now. Double eight, double three. Get your questions in. Uh, and after 2 o'clock, we're going to catch up with Nigel Yeldon. We'll talk the Women's Rugby World Cup final and the big match against England coming up this weekend. All that, so much more. But Grace, after the news at 1 o'clock. Grace in the house singing along to the intro music. Um, we're going to invite calls 0800 150 Ava Living, remember, uh, giving a prize of an Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill. You could win that. And it could come from this segment where we have Grace in studio. Welcome in, Grace. Thanks for having me. It's fun times, eh? Yeah, it's cool to be here. You're really relaxed. For, for a high-level sports person, you're really <laughs> relaxed and chilled. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole reason this happened was, I'm going to say two or three months ago, I saw on Instagram you started a new Instagram page. Oh, yes. And yeah. you said you want to get back in touch with your creative side and yep. into storytelling. And I said, come and tell your story with us. And you said, okay. Yeah. And it's happening. And I'm appreciative of that. Um, so the reason I do these things is I, I like people to get to know our national representatives right? and pretty much all people out there know about you is you're a goal shoot you play for the Mystics the Silver Ferns you sort of came out of nowhere but that's it that's yeah. sort of all we know um, so we want to learn a bit about you and that connection with the fans is important to the Ferns and I think if we can just tell little people about what makes you tick and all that sort of stuff we cool so in my research um, born to Nigerian parents they went to South Korea and then came to New Zealand. What was their journey from Nigeria to South Korea about in the first place? Yeah, it's a bit of a long story, and I'm sure my dad could probably say it better, but from what I have been told, it was kind of just like um, in Nigeria, and then my oldest sister was born there, and then they moved to South Korea, and they were um, missionaries, mm -hmm. and there was a big community of African and African-American people there at the time, um, quite a few, like... Um, like army um, placements there as well. And so it was a small community. They were in Itaewon and they had a restaurant there and they would do um, like fellowship with people and make African food for people who obviously you couldn't get anywhere else really in South Korea. Um, and the New Zealand thing kind of came about when Helen Clark, oh, actually it's a long story. <laughs> My sister was um, at the age where she was getting into um, preschool and she was struggling a bit. Obviously the language barrier is a thing and culturally like this is back in, the late 90s, like, she's a young black girl in South Korea. Obviously, she was struggling at school a little bit. And so they were looking at moving. Um, and then Helen Clark visited South Korea. Wow. And it was all over the newspapers. And there was photos of New Zealand. 
And my dad tells me the story that he said that he saw New Zealand in the newspaper and he thought it was a beautiful place to live and raise children. And so he just started looking into how he could move to New Zealand. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. And never look back, really, because you didn't go somewhere else. No, just... never look back. Apparently, Ireland was on the cards and I'm very glad that we ended up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's six kids in your family. Yeah, one of six, yeah. And two lots of twins. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, and I said, oh, it must have been IVF kids, but you said, no, like like producer Sam's been um, having eggs like with double yolks. It's like your parents are double yokers. They must be, yeah. So I'm hoping that I'm not the same because I don't know how I'd be able to handle that. But um, <laughs> yeah, two sets of twins, yeah. Where did you go to school? Have you always been in Auckland? Yeah, always born and raised West Auckland, very proud to be a Westie. Um, and I went to primary at Newland Primary and then Block of Bay Intermediate, which is like up the road. And then I went to ACG Sunderland for two years and then finished off at Avondale College. Cool. Did you enjoy school? Love school. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And you played netball at a young age, but probably just for fun, like most kids do. Yeah. And I've always been fascinated. Um, athletics was yeah. one of your things. What yeah. did you love? What did you like about athletics? It was just so much fun. I think it was obviously something different and for me, my discipline was high jump and I just like an individual sport where the pressure's all on you. So there is that element that's quite um, challenging, but also just being able to do something different. And obviously I was quite tall and so I loved jumping and being aerial. So I just really enjoyed high jump. And then being part of the wider team, like supporting your mates in their other disciplines and going away on trips and just getting to know people like it was a really cool environment. Mm, yeah, we, and athletics is a really good grounding for other sports, isn't it? Because yep. it's about speed, it's about power, it's about training, it's about discipline, and it, it's, mm. it's a good building base. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Were you good at high jump? Um, I'd say I was good. I like I went to like um, I did like Auckland champs, and I've done like school representing, and I went away um for like the um that the like national like athletics competitions. I think my PB, like when I back when I stopped and like stopped when I was like seventeen, I think my PB was like one seventy five. So like, not amazing, not bad. I do think though, if I was able to train and like take it further, you never know what could have happened. Oh, yeah. you could have climbed. What could have been? This is my what could have been story. I could have been, you know, the next best thing. No, definitely not. But <laughs> but I really did enjoy it, and I wish I could have done it for longer. Yeah. What were the challenges of being? Um, you talked about the challenges of your older sister in South Korea. Did you face challenges, you know, you would have stood out through yeah. school? Yeah, I definitely did. It's kind of like, I wouldn't say it's all a blur now, but it definitely was a very long time ago. And I think, like, I've got to say that inherently kids are quite mean. And so, obviously, you know, primary school in West Auckland and here is just like me and my, what, does my um, four other siblings, they called us five under five. So all of us were at school at the same time. So there's just a bunch of like black kids at this primary school. And obviously you're going to be different and there's going to be a little bit of, um, you know, like prejudice or just kids don't know any better, haven't learned any better. So I definitely did struggle a bit going through school. But I think as I got older and um, got to decide who I spent my time around, you definitely surround yourself with like better people. Yeah. And so what was your netball involvement at? Uh, how old were you when you first took to a netball court? I honestly want to say I was playing netball in primary school, like very poorly, and because I n never played like club netball through primary or intermediate, so I was just playing because our school had a team and it was like something to do at lunchtime. Yeah. And you played mid court. Someone told me. 
Oh, I, I think I've said that I may have been a wingdee at primary school, which honestly is just a joke now. And was probably as, as, as bad as I played wingdee then, I'd probably play it just as bad now. So, yeah, definitely not a good fight. You talked about uh, there the, the individualness of high jump. Like you did have your wider team, but the focus is on you to jump. I yeah. feel like the most individual position in netball is probably goal shoot as well. Yeah. Um, while you're part of the team, everyone focuses on you. Yeah, definitely. I think netball is a massive team sport and you've got to be able to, um, you know, play as a team. But I think goal shoot for sure, the buck kind of stops with you. Like if you don't get the shots in, the shots don't go in. And so that's definitely a massive individual component. Mm. We've got Grace Nwiki in studio for the next 40 or so minutes. Any questions, get them in on double eight double three, the Tampa Bay Post text machine. I will get to them. We have had quite a few. But we welcome them all, and so does Grace, which is pretty good. We've got a game for Grace to play a little bit later as well. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with, oh, we need to clarify. For a long time, people were calling you Nweke. Yeah. But it's Weke. It's Weke, yeah. The N is silent, very much silent. It's almost non-existent. It's almost not there. Yeah, technically it is, but for the ease of pronunciation, just get rid of it. (laughs) The N is not there. Grace Weke is here (laughs) for the next 40 minutes. Get your questions in, double eight double three, or your calls, 0800 150 We'll be back in a moment. Oh, look, we're full on conversation. We're back on here, Gracie. Yeah, chuck the headphones on, mate. Chuck the headphones on. Hello. <laughs> Grace is in studio for the next half hour or so. Uh, welcome to call 0800 Let's get to the listeners' questions. This one came in at 12 o'clock when I said you were coming into oh, studio. Wow. This is from Carly in Auckland saying, question for Grace, what makes Dame Nolene such a great coach? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, actually. I think... There's just something about her, and a lot of people say this, that she just, um, she commands respect, but not in a way that is like, like cocky or like arrogant, like she just goes about her business and you just listen to what you're told. So I think there's so much buying from the players around her and belief in what she's doing that we all just like have this sense of unity around our game plan and what we want to do and it just comes out on court. But then also to the flip side to that, she's a really awesome person and she's like personable and um, caring. You know, she really cares about you. And so you feel comfortable and safe in that environment as well as having a lot of like, I wouldn't say the word is fearful, but like res- a lot of respect for her and what she does. I get the feeling she she takes the time to get to know you as a person and then figures out the best way to get the best out of you. Like some of you will probably need a kick in the bum and some of you probably need a cuddle. Would that be fair? Yeah, definitely. I think she knows what each person is kind of like and what makes them tick. Like she's obviously seen a lot of the players around for a number of years and the new ones she's gotten to know. But there definitely I feel there also is an element of separation where like it's not club netball and like she's not your mum, so it's not like a... a kind of like best friend relationship, but it's a relationship where she knows how to get the best out of you. Mm. Um, Zaid, I said we had a text from Zaid, and you said, oh, my God, Zaid, I know Zaid. Uh, he does <laughs> yeah. because he says, I have a question for Grace. Um, uh, it says, uh, do you also go to basketball? Do you play basketball? I played basketball for 
a year when I was in high school and I was awful. So I will not be returning to the basketball court. I do not. It was just shuttles the whole time. I don't like having to run that much. And I went into the post and I shot the ball like a netball player and everyone just like blocked me or stole the ball out of my hands. And I was waiting for a call that didn't come. So <laughs> it's definitely not for me. I do enjoy watching basketball, but I don't like playing it. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. And he also said, how annoying is your brother Precious? <laughs> I know uh, because my brother is good mates with Precious, um, yeah. her brother. Yeah, Baden is Zade's brother and, yeah, Precious. The two of them, yeah. Precious is – you know what? To be fair, he has matured a lot. I love my brother now, but if you'd ask me this question maybe like two or three years ago, I would have a different answer for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, question for Grace. No name to this text. Question for Grace. What was it like coming up against defender Jeeva Mentor considering she's been playing international netball since before you were born? Yeah. <laughs> that is a very funny fact. Yeah, um – it was very tough. I debuted against Jeeva actually, and I'd say that my debut was pretty awful. So that's probably answers the question. It was very challenging. Um, she just knows how to move her body, but your body at the same time and really confuse the space. And she's not very overly physical, so you're not going to get those calls all the time, but she is just so smart in what she does, especially the stuff off the ball like and like intimidation-wise that you just feel like you're just trying to fight your way through the game. Do they, is there ever any chat from defenders? Yeah. People always ask me about sledging, and I have been very lucky to not be on the receiving end of anything bad. Um, nothing to, like, definitely internationally, nothing. I'd say more so in the ANZ Premiership <laughs> because we know each other that we can just say stuff, but internationally I've never had anything said to me. So even if you, like, put up a bad shot and you guys didn't get the rebound lost, they don't just say, nice shot, Grace? Nothing like that? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing. I think it made me really sad, actually, so I'm glad that I haven't been on the receiving end, yeah. Um, you became a training partner of the Mystics in 2019. Yeah. Um, and you you were in that training squad. You played a little bit of Beko. It's good that the Beko League was there and, yeah, and the sure. training partnership type arrangement is there. So you don't have the pressure of the top, top stuff. How much does it help having a tier underneath and being a training partner with an, an organisation like the Mystics? Yeah, it's so massive. I think my pre-season being a training partner it really allowed me to understand what it was like to be in the ANC Premiership and be a fully contracted player but not have the pressure of actually having to take the court or the pressure of performing at that level. So I got to learn and like connect with the girls but still be able to go and play with my mates at Beko and, and perform there and then just figure out what the next steps were. When you started in the Premiership, um, there were some players still playing, uh, some amazing defenders. New Zealand make have had some amazing defenders. And I'm yeah. thinking like like um, Casey Corper, yeah. Katrina Rore, Sulu, Jane Watson, Karen Berger, um, Scar Anna Harrison. Mm. How much having really good defenders at domestic level does it help you as a shooter having them test you every week? Yeah, it's massive. You can't get better unless you play against the best. And so to come up against players like um, Casey and... When I played against Sulu, like it was just like the biggest challenge in every game. You really have to; they just show you what you what you're not good at, and you have to go back and learn and figure out how to combat their defense. And so, it's so massive having such quality players in New Zealand that we can play against. And our defenders are all different; like they all have different qualities. Like, um, <clears throat> I I love watching Ali Timu. Like yeah. she is a swooper; she's like an albatross, completely in flight all the time. And mm -hmm. Every ball that's going to the circles and threat of getting intercepted. Uh, Anna Harrison was the same wonderful interceptor. And then you've got ones that just 
they're like they're velcroed to your dress because they just <laughs> never leave your side. Yeah. So how much work do you do in the lead up to study the defenders and therefore modify your game? Yeah, definitely. Like um, in the ANZ Premiership, you know, the week before that game, if we're playing tactics or playing steel, you know, there's a defensive difference. And so um, in our units with the feeders and the shooters, we're talking about what we're going to do against this person or this person or how it changes or what their, what their styles are like. So you'd play a slightly different game against someone like Sulu than you would against someone like Ali. Um, and, you you know, work on that or have some chats about that leading up to that week in the game. Mm. Um, some more quick. I'm going to do the questions as they come in because you guys out there, you always text right towards the end and I never had a chance to get to all of them. So I'm going to s- slowly feed them our way through. Is it true? Well, here's an is it true? Oh, is it true that Grace is a Dallas Mavericks fan? Mavs is in NBA. Uh, NBA. Oh, okay. Is that, is that where Luca plays? Luca Doncic? Do you think it's the Mavs? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I like Luca, but I'm not a Dallas Mavs fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't claim. I am hearty bucks. Giannis, that's like the bro. Like I, That's my team, so I can't claim the Mavs. <laughs> but I do like Luca. Um, someone else has said, does Grace know? I always pause and you think, <laughs> what are they going to ask? Does Grace know she's the new Irene van Dyke and all New Zealand loves her go the ferns? Look at oh, that. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I love Irene and that's um, very cool. It's actually really awesome to be compared to someone like her because she's just a legend of the game. So hopefully I can play as, around, be around as long as she has been because she's awesome. Do you get to hang out with her? Do you get to chat to her? Do you have communication <laughs> with her? I remember when I first met her because she was my coach at um, New Zealand Secondary Schools. I think I was like 18. And then I ended up having her number saved in my phone and I had to like screenshot it and show my friends that I've got Irene with a love heart saved in my phone. <laughs> like that's probably creepy, but I was so stoked. Like she's just been an amazing like mentor for me. And, you know, every now and then after a big game, she'll message me and say like, well done, so proud of you. And I think also having met her when I was still very young and fresh into this environment and seeing how much I've changed over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, it's really awesome to just have that person there as a support. How much have you changed as a person? Like, I, I was thinking, I'll help you here, I was thinking like you're 16, 17, having fun, hanging with friends, last couple of years at school, um, <laughs> and you think you're mature then, but you're not. When yeah. you look back, you go, God, I wasn't. But at some stage, you're like, geez, I have to grow up quick now. Yeah, I definitely grew up very fast. My first two years of ANZ, you know, I was, I think I was like performing well on the court, but not so much off court. I was definitely learning about like being a professional in all spheres and that I was not just, I'm in an adult environment now, you have to behave like one. And so that balance of your off court life and then also like the social life and, you know, understanding that balance of being an athlete, being a student and then being a person and what, what gives and what, what you have to give and take. So done a lot of growing in that regard, yeah. Is that fear? Like you're 19 and you sort of can't be a 19-year-old because you know what it's like, phones with cameras and yeah, you're out doing yeah. stuff and then people, I saw Grayson doing this. In fact, <laughs> the guy that just came in to pick up the painting, he might even be listening, but he, he just, he came in and he said, oh, I was at the uh, pools the other day and the Silver Ferns came in oh. and he said, I don't know it was the Ferns because of Grace because you stand out. Oh, you yeah. know? He said, so I just quickly got out of the pool and ran away. <laughs> 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 but oh, it's no. like everywhere, you, you'd walk out here and people know who you are. Right. How as a young woman is that to manage? I think definitely after um, Com Games, it's been more like 
prevalent that people recognize me when I'm out and about. And so, I mean, it's not like I'm going and doing crazy stuff in mm. public all the time, but I, I'm definitely more wary of how I present myself. And at Ferns, we have this thing of like upholding the mana of the silver ferns, like wherever you go. And so in the back of my head, I'm like, is this a good decision or what are you doing? Like, who are you with? Like, how do you present yourself? And I'm not like going to change who I am or like not be myself and be young, but it's definitely, you know, you make good choices and kind of think about the consequences of your actions as anyone would really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just think it's so tough. Like I remember talking to Mark Sorensen, who's the coach of the men's um, softball team, multiple right. world champions. And he tells his players, you're a black Sox. New Zealand representative, 24-7. In season, on the diamond, yeah. outside the diamond, everywhere. Mm. And it's it can be quite restricting. It's empowering in one point, but yeah. it can be quite restricting that you've always got something tapping on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I definitely think, like, if anything was, like, anything was to happen or if there was some sort of, I don't know, headline or whatever, it would be Grace Wicker, Silver Fern, X, Y, Z. And so, you know... You carry that and like I'm proud to represent the fern and that be who I am but also like it comes with responsibility which I think I'm starting to figure out. You're comfortable you can be 100% you, 100% authentic you or you're still yeah. figuring that out? I on, I don't know. It's hard. Sometimes I'm like I've got to filter myself a little bit or, or like just or just like keep things for friends or for family but mm. um. Yeah, I, I'd say that I'm I am being authentic to who I am, but there's just sometimes just things that in this position that don't need to be on the internet or you don't need to like, mm. yeah, show. Because I've I found since I've been following the netball, and I was I was I'm relatively new to the game, probably the last eight nine years. Right. Um, before that, I'd watch Silver Ferns at Com Games, and that was sort of it. Maybe a bit of World Champs, but that was sort of it. Yeah. But then I got invested in the ANZ Premiership, and I've got yeah. to know all you guys, and I've just seen you, like you've you've bloomed and you've blossomed quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's testament to your teammates mm-hmm. who get around you and help you through the the early stages. Yeah, massively. But now, when we ask the interview after a match that we're commentating, you stride over. <laughs> it's just like, oh, do I have to? It's, there's none of that. It's like you've almost embraced who you are and and your level of influence that you can impart. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, like, more sure of myself in this environment and I I think I've got a lot to say and a lot to give and so I'm happy to talk to people and answer questions or share my story and I think, yeah, there's kind of, like, power in that. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I feel like I know who I am and what I have to give on and off the court. So, yeah, definitely more confidence. Talking women's sport, the Rugby World Cup final was last weekend. That was, as far as sport and maximum sport satisfaction and a maximum emotional satisfaction goes, I just get goosebumps whenever I bring up that day. Yeah. How did you react to that? Yeah, it's just amazing. I think also because, like, I knew the game was happening and I wasn't able to watch it, but um, obviously we were staying at the Ridges um, for camp leading into Constellation Cup and so were the Black Ferns. So we had a little bit of a, you know, Silver Ferns, ex-Black Ferns collab and it was just cool <laughs> to, like, get to know the players. And honestly, like, so much respect for what they've done over this past month and not only just for women's rugby but women's sport in general and just celebrating women athletes. Um, it's amazing. And, yeah, to see them, you know, win gold in front of a home crowd and in front of all their families and against a strong side like England, I think it's just so awesome and couldn't be happier for them, yeah. I've long said that the female athlete 
is a lot more of an open book than a male athlete. Right. I find female athletes connect with the next breed. And, uh, you know, I've, I've known Sarah Hidney for a long, long time. Yeah. And her, her number one goal is to inspire youth. That's the yeah. number one goal. It's not World Cups, World Championships, Super Rugby titles. World's, her number one goal is to inspire youth. Mm. And you see that in the way they conduct themselves. And when I go to the netball, I just love seeing the little kids watching you guys. Um, and because that's our future, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because I think like I forget that people like do look up to me. I think because I'm so wrapped up in just like training and home and game and uni and my life that I haven't really had a look about looked out of myself to see what people can see and you know see like a successful team or good games and and I actually don't know like what kind of person like how I'm perceived in the public. But then like you go to a game sometimes and some little girl will be like, you're my favourite player. Like, I want to be just like you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, who would wanna, why would you want to be just like me? But then I'm like, wait a second, like, that's actually really cool. And like, it, it's really special actually. And so I, I almost want to like be in a, a better person or set an amazing example just so that they can see that. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, someone will look, look up to you like that. I'll give you an example of inspiring youth and how it can work. Um, I went to a, a Mystics Stars game, right. and a girl I worked with brought her daughter, who'd never watched netball, never been to netball. Yeah. And so when the Mystics run out, you you have your water bottles and you give them out to the crowd. So I went yeah. to Jamie Hume and I said, can you give your water bottle to these little blonde girl sitting behind the goal? Yeah. And um, her name is XYZ. I don't want to reveal who it is. And um, can you give it to her? And she goes, yep, cool. So she ran out and she goes, oh, you must be Emma. Yeah. And she goes, yes. Yeah. She goes, I want you to have my bottle. And this Emma, the whole night, and yeah. Jamie shooting, just fell in love with Jamie. And then they subbed her off. And she goes, where's she gone? Yeah. But she went home the next day, drew a picture of Jamie Hume, oh put gosh. it on the wall, yeah. and that is her hero. Yeah. And then That's the next amazing. game, Jamie saw her sitting there, and she ran home and goes, hi, Emma, how was your week? Just oh, yeah. that connection is mm. priceless. Eh? Yeah. And now she signed up, she's playing netball and loves it. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. That's so that's so the cool. influence people like you yeah, inadvertently wow. can mm. have. And I'm not saying that to put more pressure on you, but um I'm just I'm just saying like just just that realisation that you're not just playing for um, results. Yeah, you're playing for aspirational reasons, and I think that's really valuable. Yeah, that's massive. We got Grace Nwicky in studio. We'll take a break for new sport and weather. I think will we, Sam? We will. Yep, with the machines back up and running. Uh, we'll be back with Grace. Any questions? Double eight, double three, and we welcome phone calls now. The system's back up and running. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Back with Grace after this. Tell you what, Kevin Grosswicki in studio has lifted up our tunes game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good selections. Um, one more question, then we're going to play a bit of a quiz with you. Cool. Uh, question, he's a... Uh, Strength and conditioning type guy, Ooh, actually. Scary. Regarding innovation in netball, Grace, what or how do you think the game or training could change? Ooh, that's a pretty weighted question. Innovation in netball. I think the game has become 
a lot faster and a lot more physical. And I've only been in it for the past four years. And I think if you talk to people who have been playing for the past 10 years, it's the same thing. Um, and there's also a lot less, there are a lot less errors. So getting a turnover or, you know, like the, there's a few critical moments in the game that win it. So I think looking at that from an SNC perspective, like for me personally, I know that I just need to be stronger to be able to take the hits that I'm getting. But I also don't move around as much as like a centre. So I think for me massively has been like, the individualized aspect of your programming because I don't need to be programmed the same way as a wing attack and vice versa. Whereas let's say in like a basketball team, like you all do relatively the same thing, but with netball, it's very individualized. So I think having that like person to person focus on what your goals are and what your position requires of you is massive. Um, And then just the speed of the game, like you've got to be able to keep up. Everyone's got to be fit enough and strong enough. Um, But yeah, I think I have always enjoyed coaches who get to know you and understand that you're different to the next person and really want to figure out what works for you individually and not just a blanket session or blanket program for everyone. I've noticed in particularly this last season, you've started to be a bit more commanding in the shooting circle. I've seen, not not that you throw elbows, but you can't bully me in here, Chan. This is my <laughs> office just as much as, as you, Miss Defender. And yeah. it's not that you give as good as you get, but you've you've developed a little bit more of a a physical presence without being physical, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I definitely tried to. I think I like I always get told by Peter to like stand up, stand up, like don't make yourself small. I think I'm really trying to just um, you know, own the space and like be strong. So like as you're saying, yeah, I think I'm trying to hold my own as much as I can against some pretty good defenders, yeah. The relationship with Peter is just one of the most joyous things to see <laughs> on a netball court. Yeah. Um, she played the first two games of Constellation Cup with you, and it was a dream to watch. We were up 2-0, we went to Australia, Peter didn't go, and we lost those two. Now, I'm not saying it because it wasn't Peter there. I've got a secret feeling Okay. the reason that Peter didn't go Part of the reason was they had to challenge you to have a different feeder and they had to challenge the feeders to find you. Right. What do you reckon about my theory? Yeah, I mean, could be. I don't know. I, like, w- the team was actually um, selected. Before? Pr- yeah, prior. So it was just what was decided on. I think definitely, like, any other series that we have coming up, it's looking at combinations for, obviously, World Cup and what we want to put out on court. And so giving everybody an opportunity, um, but yeah, it was definitely like an opportunity for me to play with other people and for other people to play with me and then obviously for Peter to play with other um, shooters as well. Um, Do you have a little bit more confidence when you see her in the bib, in a starting bib, or you've got over that now? I think I have I think I have confidence regardless. I think I am more confident in the black dress now than I was when I debuted and that irrespective of who's in front of me, I think it's more confidence in myself. But definitely like having Peter out there, there's a connection there that we've built for the past three years. You can't you don't get three years of training at no. Ferns. Mm. So it's just something that you that we just have. And so it definitely it makes things easier. Like we have this, you know, feel and we know I know what she's gonna do. She knows what I'm gonna do. She knows my tendencies and I think that I know her as of it now. So yeah, I think it's just you can't kind of buy that time. Yeah. You're the only one that knows that's what she's gonna do. I don't think anyone else does. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what she's gonna do really. <laughs> Gary from Upper Hut is called in. G'day Gary. Hey you got a question for Grace? G'day, G'day Grace, how are you? Hey I'm um good, thank first you. up, just a big congrats on how your career's gone so far. 
Thank been you. quite a meteoric rise. Um, um, you were talking about training just before. Are you yeah. aware that there's um, of the, the big training facility that's been built down here in Upper Hutt? Big training innovation centre. Sappy's he knows all about it. He's been I do here. know all of it. It's a training. No. Uh, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's I was gonna wondering, be... uh, are the Silver Ferns going to use that as a base? Nah, at this stage, from what I know, no. But I tell you what, once they see it, they will want to. Wow. Yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure the Pulse are using it as a base. And I, I don't know, Grace, maybe you should come down and have a little look at it. You, <laughs> might, you might quite like it, you know. And, um, you know. Yeah. I'll bring it down, yeah, well, after, I'll bring yeah. it down <laughs> after the show, Gary. You can put it on the barbecue. Yeah. I'll take Grace out to the Institute and uh, we'll sign the ferns <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, mate, I'll tell you. They'll... they'll Open arms, I'm telling you. Oh, cool. <laughs> Come amazing. on down. That's a pretty good facility. It yeah. is. Good on you, Gary. Yeah. All right. Thank you. See you. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, the, it's a it's an amazing institute. Oh, like um, the Phoenix are basically the Hurricanes will basically be the Wellington Lions. Uh, Cycling New Zealand's going to have programs there. All the fight sports. That sounds huge. It's enormous. Is it Sport New Zealand who's put that out? Or no, it's privately owned. Oh, geez. New Zealand Institute of I was NZCIS. New Zealand Institute of Something in Sport. Um, it's got hyperbaric chambers. It's got plunge pools, oh hot colds. Gosh. It's got the biggest interactive screen in the world. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's ridiculous. Just been built? It's not quite finished. Oh, yeah? It's been opening in stages. Like, they're going to have about 400 rooms of accommodation as well. Oh, my goodness. Like hotel quality rooms, yeah. not just dorms, like apartments. Yeah, gee, that's awesome. I know. You're really huge for Sport in Wellington. Mm. Yeah. One more question. One more question has come in. Question for Grace. <laughs> from Mark from Christchurch. All right. Is Grace running for Prime Minister because you got my vote? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's so funny. Definitely not. Not quite yet. Not quite. Not quite yet. Let no. her get her netball career out of the way first. <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll come back with... Ten questions on how well does Grace know Grace after the break. We're back. We are back. (laughs) I gave Sam about two seconds notice to play some game show music because we're going to play a game, but we're going to get Captain K, who's the massive netball nuffy of SENZ. I didn't think anyone would be more of a nuffy than me, but it's Captain K. And we're going to, I don't know what it's called, but we're going to ask Grace about Grace. Captain K? Hello. Right, so I've come up with a quiz. Just before you do, okay. um, music-wise, uh, I've got Squid Game. Yes. Did Gracie watch Squid, Squid, Squid Game? I didn't actually watch it. Oh, oh, so you, oh we, can't play it. we can't play Squid Game. We can, but... Uh, we could do March Madness. We could do the NFL theme. Uh, we could do the chase. Let's do the chase. chase. You want to do yeah. the chase? All yeah. right, I'll, I'll, just kick, it off. I'll chase. kick it off officially. Welcome to the chase tonight. That was my Bradley Walsh staff. I'm never doing that again. Do you right. think you can beat the chase? Do you think if you That's think you've got you, what staff, it takes? It's <laughs> right. not bad from staff. I'd, yeah. Right. What I've done is I've put together a quiz of how well does Grace Wicky know Grace Wicky. This will be good. Grace, you know I've uh, I've been following your career from the start, so I've, I've uh, <laughs> compiled some of my uh, favourite questions. I'll tell you what, there's uh, there's ten here. I've done five nice and five not so nice. How long do we get on the clock, Sam? Two minutes. Like oh, for the ten questions. Yeah. I think we just go through all ten, don't we? Okay. I think we go through. But all I like 10. the drama of a clock sound. Ah, uh, well, we can just do that. Okay. Just to yeah, make it official. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. Sixty seconds. Let's wanna, go. Well, you tell me the time will start in three, two, one, kids. Okay. Grace Wiki, time to take on the chaser. Your time will start 
Now. Sweet. Who did you make your Silver Ferns debut against? Chief Mentor and England Roses. Oh, nice. Throw the Dublin there. We got it correct in there. Two points. Who captained your debut? Who was the Silver Ferns captain? Ooh. Gina Crampton. Oh. <gasps> Actually no correct. So, yes, it, it I knew correct. that would get you. No, no, no. No, oh. that's incorrect. Incorrect. Wait, it sorry, was, uh, can I try again? It was Gina, man. What's it? Oh, no, it was Meals. It was Meals. <laughs> <laughs> Grace, oi, Grace, I'll give you a okay, clue. She is going to yell at you for not getting this right. Oh, I know who it is. Was it Sulu? It was Sulu. <laughs> Sulu was correct. Sulu captains your debut, oh God, according to really Nepal bad. New Zealand. That's really bad. I'm going to fact check that. To the nearest 10, how many points did you score in the Mystics Premiership winning season? Overall? Mm-hmm. Was it 500? I thought something about 500. Man, you're humble. I'll give you one more guess. Way off. Okay. Okay, higher. 680? <laughs> Grace. The clock's also running out, it by says, the way. Not that yeah, it's relevant. No, no, not that it's relevant. <laughs> Grace, I've got here 852. No. Really? On the official ANZ Premiership website, yes, it was. you have 852, Grace, you humble. Okay. <laughs> Close enough. Here we go. What was the name of the arena you played all Commonwealth Games matches at? Oh. Uh, the NEC? Got him. Got him. I didn't think you'd get that one. Here we no, go. Next on one. <laughs> Moving on. What year did your close friend and partner in crime, Peta Toyava, make her Silver Ferns debut? What oh. year? I know she's listening too. Do you reckon? Hey, Pets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Have a guess. I'm going to go 2017. So close. Grace, you're so close. Uh, no, you, you've gone the wrong way. It was 2018. We'll spare the guessing game. Okay. How many ANZ Premiership teams has your captain, just remember that, your <laughs> captain, Sulu Fitzpatrick, played for? A few. Um, okay, so she's played for Stars. She's played for Pulse. She's played for Mystic. She's played for Magic. She's played for the Steel. Has she played for the Steel? Yes. She's played for five teams. That's what I got. That's yeah. what I've got. That's what I've got down. I didn't think you'd get Hurry that up, one we've either. We've only got a minute left. Which arena was the 2021 Grand Final played at? Oh, Spark Arena. How many cans of Coke did Rob Wright say he drank every day? Easily 10. Is that right? 10? 10 plus? Oh, look, I'll accept 10 plus. The answer was 16. Okay. Jeez. Grace, did you know that you still have a World Athletics page? And your last entry was for high jump in 2018 in Dunedin. What oh. was your performance? Not great. Um, I want to say, like, one, 165. Oh, you were so close. It was 1.63 I've got here on the World Athletics. But, yeah, I didn't know that. that you still has your one. Last question. Ten seconds. This question does not have an answer, Ten so you're going to have to do it. Who was the hardest defender you've ever come up against? Um, ooh. Five seconds. Four seconds. You can think about it and we'll get your answer after the break. We have a minute before news. Grace hasn't spoken to me the whole ad break because she's been thinking about hardest defender. <laughs> Who's the hardest defender? 
Hardest Defender, when I debuted, Jeeva Mentor easily, that game was awful for me. Um, and then domestically, playing against Sulu when she was at Pulse was the hardest defence I've had to deal with ever. Cool. Well, Grace Wicky, amazing. Thank you so much for an hour. I've absolutely loved it. Could go for My another pleasure. hour. So we might have to get you back in one day and do it all again. Uh, maybe then we could get a get a show for you. You can host. You can show. sit in this chair. You can Stop sit in this it. chair. Grace, we wish you well. You've you. um, started a, a career with a lot of grace and poise. And uh, we wish you all the very best. And I know all the listeners do. Go well. Uh, rest up. And we can't wait to see you back on court. Thank you. We are back. How good to have Grace and Wicky in studio. Just a wonderful young woman and um, very relaxed, very chilled, very open and honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of those sort of personality pieces. I do hope you enjoyed it. Um, fantastic hour. Really, really enjoyed it. Coming up later in this hour, we're going to be joined by Nigel Yeldon, rugby commentator. And we've still got to play The Vault. We've still got to play Show Me The Money. We've still got to look back in the day. There's a lot coming up. There's a lot coming up. And we've got to try and make some money for him, our old mate, Dave Vitelli, Butterbean Motivation, with our charity bets. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Steph? I was just seeing if Peru had kicked off. Uh, oh, true. Match about to start. Okay. Um, we'll rip through these, uh, these our charity tips, shall we? Um, Please. We'll start with the, excuse me, start with the harness. I think which we are last place in at the moment, Steph. Overall, out time of the to change. Time, time to, to change, change that. We're going to go to Auckland tomorrow. Tomorrow at the park. I like that race number two. Or oh, you've gone early. Yep. Now usually race two is a trot. It is the box seat mobile trot. <sighs> Um, very small field. Um, she's ballot. Well done. Thanks, mate. Odds aren't up yet, though, I imagine. No. Interestingly, trained by Graham Rogerson, better known for? Roggie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Roggie, uh, known for greyhounds. Gallopers. Well, yeah, you know, they all start they all start with a G, Steph, don't they? <laughs> Two Gs. They all start with a G. Um and then look quickly, if I may, just quickly over to our uh, Greyhound and I need it's you to the great provide Greyhound sound Racing New Zealand charity run. What day are we going to, please, Sam? Oh, I was waiting for that. No, that's coming. Um we're going to Palmy. Palmy on what day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Greyhounds, just wait for the page to load. Race. <laughs> Race numero uno. Oh, you're going early again. Uh, we're on here. 3.31. Oh, dearie me. That's 3. dangerous. 3.31. Oh, there's a big time. There's a thrilling. There's another big time, big time. There's a lot of big times. You are a big fan of Lisa Cole, dog, so maybe big time punger. Not quite. Uh, I'm going thrilling. Thrilling Elsie? That's one. Lincoln from Papua Nui. Oh, it's got an amazing form line. Second, second, first, third, second. That's why you know not the form, step. I'm all about the form. Yeah, look. I and, we are, and we're crushing it in the Greyhounds, by the way. We're like nearly double. Well, we're well over double everyone else. Right. Follow Salmon on the Hounds. Yeah. We need to giddy up. We need to um, flail the shillelagh in the harness, as they say, Sammy. 
Yep, whip it home. Mm. Or whip a snapper. What should we do next? I don't know. We've got a lot to get through, don't we? Maybe because uh, Captain K is inundated at the moment, uh, predisposed with, uh, I think Grace is doing our nine dart She's challenge. She's doing our nine dart challenge over, over on the, the dart board out the back. Yeah. Um, uh, shall we find out what's making news, do you think, Sam? Yeah, maybe we should idea? do that instead. Let's Hold do it. that. Let me just uh, kick that off. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? If you didn't know, you're about to. I've got a couple of bits of audio for today's What's Making News. Wow! Yeah, I know. It's getting a little bit high tech up here in the booth. Uh, and I'm going to start with uh, a good friend, Shaquille O'Neal. Good mm. friend of the show. Big um, friend of the show. And, I mean, we, we've confirmed he's on next week, eh? Um, it's, it's TBC whether or not we can squeeze him in. Um, whether or not we can squeeze him in. We just got to wait to see. You know, depends what happens on Sunday morning, Steph. You know, True. we might be talking about a review. Um <laughs> Uh, so Shaq on TNT, great show, along with Chuck. He's taken to TNT, used the platform to uh, talk about a new theory that he's got. Have a listen to this. I have a new theory. I have a new theory. There's more than one moon. Oh, no. Oh, just, 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 let me tell you my theory. The other day I was riding past Auburn, as a matter of fact, and the moon was on the left. And I'm keeping right. going straight, didn't make any returns, and about 20 minutes later, the moon was behind me. That's because it was moving, fool. Uh, There's more than one moon. <laughs> <laughs> and then another Check, 45 please. seconds, the moon was on my right. It's more than one moon. Wait till he hears about orbits, Steph. It's going to blow his mind. Wait till he finds out that the Earth is spinning. It might be too much for Shaq. It might be too much for him. Um, I do love a few digs in there from um, Chuck as well. It's not as bad as, say, a Kyrie Irving flat earth, but um, mm. Shaq's going into dangerous territory there, so just hold off Shaq. I'll play my other bit of audio now, actually. Uh, John Tortorella, and um, of course I came across this, given my love of, of ice hockey. He's an ice hockey coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's sort of the Greg Popovich of ice hockey. Always speaks his mind, and he's always great for a, for a comment. So they interviewed John Tortorella after a very disappointing first period in the Flyers game yesterday, and here's what Tortorella had to say. Torch, you guys give up the first goal. Just just thoughts on your team's start here so far in the first 15-plus minutes. We suck. We haven't forechecked. We haven't done anything as of right now. What do you want to see differently? Forecheck. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> That's one of, one of the all-time greats. And uh, I was showing it to Kizzy. He said, man, how cool would it be if, like, all coaches were like that? Just mm. every interview at halftime, full-time, just that honesty, that direct. No, I love it. I love it. I reckon Jason Ryan would say something like that. You reckon? Like, you're down by 20 at halftime to Italy. What's going wrong? Everything. Yeah. What needs to fix? What do you need to fix? Rucks, smalls, kickoffs, line-outs, scrums, running the ball, tackling, defense, <laughs> attack. I think Jason Ryan would basics. do that. Just yeah. all the basics. I actually came across that story because um, he was going viral yesterday. He rocked up to the game and he had this big, like, blood, not like blood blister, but a big blood mark on his left cheek. And apparently his horse had kicked him um, the night before and he still rocked up to the game just with this big, like, <laughs> bloodline under his nose. Um, Steph, you'll be happy to know. I'm desperate to know what this is, Sam. Dying to know in fact. Don't, don't, don't put me on Ooh. pause. Just say you'll be happy to know, and then stop. That's my tactic. You'll be happy to know that 500 new words have been added to the official Scrabble Players Dictionary. Wow. Yeah, a lot of controversy. A controversy, as you as you would be well aware, in Scra- in the game of Scrabble, um, given some of the words that people come up with, my parents and brother and sisters included. Um, but there have been 500 new words added, staff, and I'll throw a few at you if I. May. Um, Will I know them? So uh, there's a hundred thousand two to eight letter words 
and these are the new ones. There are more verb variations, so torrented, torrenting, adulted, adulting. So you know how you say, oh, it's so hard, adulting. Yep. And that's a very colloquial, it's now in there. Um, as is, atting. Atting. As in, don't oh. at me, bro. Yeah. Atting. He's, so, been, he's been atting at me. Yeah, he's been atting me on Twitter. Um, so, and you can have atted. He's atted me on Twitter. So you can throw that in there as well. But here's some of my personal favorites. Uh, Oppo. Sponsors of the Phoenix show this afternoon. Oppo is now uh, going to be in the uh, Scrabble official dictionary. Jedi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adorbs, as an adorable. Oh, I haven't adorbs. heard that before. Oh, so You're adorbs. adorbs. Oh, so adorbs. Oh. Uh, that's going to be in there. Um, egg corn. Yeah, no. Never heard of that one before, but that's going to be in there. Um, vaxxed. <laughs> like yep. vax, anti-vax. Uh, hangry. Yes, that's making that's its way a in. One. That should be in there. Uh, onesie, a uh, whole lot of words that are going to be added that uh, may not fit under your traditional sort of English dictionary. You'll find them in the script. What about dictionary. the two that annoy me the most? I hope they're not in there. Use y o u s. Yeah. Okay. How are you? And the other one I We're really don't like. Imagine if it not wasn't L. It. Not okay. L. No, it starts with F. Fam. Hey, oh, fam. yeah, I don't like fam. I don't hey, like fam. fam. What if What if you picked up the Scrabble dictionary and you found that it did have the L word in there? That ends in S. Would you, and, and what if the only letters you had, that's the only thing you spell, would you just give up on the game? You just wouldn't play? I'd lose the game. Yeah, on purpose. Without put, no, not on purpose. I just Your wouldn't tank. put it. Your I'd tank. use learn or earnings, but <laughs> nothing else. Now, um, I can imagine, I, I, I know your response, what your response is going to be to this question. Maybe when are we do. allowed to start playing Christmas music? Morning of the 25th. Exactly what I thought you'd say. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the number one choice would be All I Want for Christmas, Mariah Carey. I asked uh, some people around the office yesterday for some songs for the show, and two people actually said All I Want for... They've obviously been getting into the mood early. Uh, well, Mariah Carey's taken it to the next year. We know that she is... That song propels her into sort of the hall of fame, as it were, because yep. every year it comes back to number one. Well, it's gone to the point where she's actually filed a patent to be called or have the right to call herself the Queen of Christmas. <laughs> the QOC. A little bit self-indulgent. And unfortunately, it's been turned down by the oh. US Patent and Trademark Office for probably a number of reasons, but the reason that they cited was that she didn't respond to a, another singer's opposition to the title. So there's been another singer who said, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want her to be known as the Queen of Christmas. And McRae Carey's legal team hasn't responded to that, so the Patent Office hasn't given her the, uh, the title. What's your best Christmas song? What you, like, what's my favourite? Yep. Um, ooh, I like uh, Run, Run, Rudolph, Santa won't be fun. It's real old school. It's like Chuck Berry, like 60s. It's mm. one of my favourites. Run, Worst run, one? Rudolph, Santa won't be fun. Probably uh, all I want to be up there. Snoopy's Christmas. Oh, yeah, I don't like Snoopy's Christmas. No, yeah, there's two. I love Run, Run, Rudolph, and there's another one that I absolutely love. Christmas in New York, Pogues. I like anything that Frank Sinatra Beyonce did. Beyonce did a good, a, uh, a good Christmas, or her band. What was her band? I can't remember. Uh, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. I, there's some good um, Frank Sinatra ones that I love. Um, and finally, speaking of artists and singers, Harry Styles, one of your personal faves. I know, Steph, uh, drama. Drama for the One Direction, the former One Direction star, is he was forced uh, to stop mid-act. Uh, overnight, uh, I'm just trying to find out where the tour was. I think it was somewhere in New York, um, sorry, in the US. And he was forced to stop mid-act because he had been hit in the face, directly in the face. In fact, it got very close to his eye by a rogue Skittle. Um, and the Skittles Twitter account actually tweeted out saying, this goes without saying, but please don't throw Skittles. 
Uh, <laughs> poor old Harry Styles, eh? <laughs> poor old Harry Styles. Elvis Presley and Tom Jones never got hit in the face with Skittles. No, They got no. hit in the face with garments. I was going to say, yes. That's where I thought it, it was going. And then you know, there was a story um, recently about him getting hit in the groin during a show, and when he found out what had been throwing at him, it was a chicken nugget. And they all yelled out for him to eat it. And then his response was, I don't eat meat or, um, you know, animals, so I'm not going to eat that. And I just thought, you know, would uh, Axel cool Rose ever ever do that? Or I'm vegan. Axel Rose. Yeah. John Bon Jovi. I'm sorry, I'm vegan. Yeah. yeah fact? No. You want a fact? Yes, I'm desperate. What came first, Mark, the chicken or the egg? Oh, it has to be the chicken. Incorrect. Uh Ammonotic eggs showed up roughly 340 million years ago. The first chickens evolved around 58,000 years ago at the earliest. Uh, so eggs were indeed around before how chickens. Much, how much before? Uh, a couple couple hundred million years before. So what happened to the eggs that didn't hatch and I can't answer that question for you, Mark. All I can tell you is that eggs were came before the chickens. It's got to be an investigation. Maybe not chicken eggs. It's got to be an investigation. That's... You don't make eggs for 200 million years that become nothing. They're not eggs. What are the, Don't um, Chinese people eat like eggs that have been in the ground for hundreds of years? The rotten eggs? Ooh. Yeah, apparently. Anyway, <laughs> so it's making news. Okay, we'll have a break. We'll come back with Nigel. Nigel Yolden talking some rugby after the break. With Staffy on SENZ. <sighs> Just getting Nigel up on the phone now. Um... Driving home for Christmas by Chris Ray gets me every time. Driving home for Christmas. I don't know that one. We might have to seek that one out, Sam. Note that down. Driving home for Christmas. And uh, Rory's joined in. My grandma got run over by a reindeer. Now she lives in a granny flat. Uh, it's good times. Uh, joining us now, let's go and talk some rugby. We have an hour netball with Grace Mickey in studio. Wonderful to have her in studio. But the great man, Nigel, what a gentleman he is. Nigel Yeldon joins us now. G'day, Nigel. Hey, Steph. Nice to chat, buddy. Long time. Yeah, long, long time. Um, let's kick off with what's been in the past. The, that Black Ferns. Um, I, we just had Grace Mickey in studio, and I asked her about her reaction to it, and she just, just filled up with joy and emotion. And that's what it's done to New Zealand, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I mean, it, it, I mean, you just. Well, I was lucky enough to be there on Saturday night, and you, you did. You just felt the emotion. You felt the pride. You felt the joy. Uh, all of those, the, the gambit that was run, um, just, just absolutely oozing out of the stands and coming straight back at you off the field from all of those associated with the Black Ferns as well. And I think in you know, 10, 20 years' time, there are going to be people who, when those anniversaries pop up, mm. you know, on Facebook or you just, you know, the old. Radio chucks it on and plays a few highlights, and there'll be people who'll be saying, "I was there. I was there. I was part of that that particular night." And it's going to be immense pride for again those on the field, but those in the stands as well. I think will feel a great deal of pride for having been involved in something very special, not just for the Black Ferns, not just for the Rugby World Cup, but but for just sport in general. Yeah, the person I was watching with, I just said this. We'll, we'll remember this very moment, this very moment that full-time for the rest of our life. It's, it's a Bahrain all-whites type moment in, in New Zealand sports history. Uh, the All Blacks, what a muddling old season they've had. They've meandered their way through a few really good performances and too many not-so-good ones. In your mind, Nigel Yolden, you've been involved in this game a long, long time. The importance on this New Zealand-England test, the last one of 2022. 
Well, I, I think it's the same. It's, it's the same as any final test of the year for the All Blacks. They, they want to finish with a win. Now, if they were to finish with a win, what would that be? Staff, help me out here. We're we talking seven straight to finish off the season. Yeah, I we think started yeah. off, you know, very poorly with a, a test series loss to Ireland, um, a, a, a significant loss to South Africa in South Africa, and then from from that they bounced back. But then there was the loss to Argentina. Since that time, though, while yet the the performances haven't been anywhere near as clinical as I think most New Zealanders and most rugby fans, and especially the All Blacks themselves, would have liked, they're getting the wins. And I don't think we could have said that about the team we saw in the first half of the season. Mm. I think they get into situations like the one they faced against Scotland. I think most people were going, well, here we go, now we're going to lose to Scotland for the first time. But they managed to get their way out of it. And I think that's what, if, if you're looking for positives from the All Black season, they have figured out to way, a way to win games that maybe in that first part of the season they may have actually lost. So, yep, it's important because you always want that that last game, because the old cliche, you're only as good as your last game, and to think about your last game being a loss for six months before we get to see you put on that jersey again, that will really stick in the craw. So I think it is significant. A seven-game, a seven-test win streak to end the season is a massive positive for Ian Foster and his team to be able to hang their hat on, uh, and they can go away and refresh and prepare for World Cup year. I think with a, I wouldn't say a massive amount of confidence, but enough knowledge to know that they can win these type of games. And remember, to get to a World Cup, you've got to win at least two decent ones in your pool play and three big ones in a row. Are we, the New Zealand rugby public, maybe too harsh on the All Blacks' performance? Because as you rightly say, they've strung up wins in a row, but... Um, in this job here, we hear daily that, yeah, they won, but it's still not good enough. Are, are we too harsh, and is that we've we've made them victims of excellence for so long? Um, I think it's a combination of yes or no. I I think this iteration of the All Blacks is a combination of things. Uh, one, the fact that I think the vast majority of the New Zealand rugby didn't get the coach they wanted. I, I think they genuinely they wanted... Scott Robertson, he's an incredibly popular man, and that's not poo-pooing Ian Foster, who Mark, as you and I both know, is a hellishly nice bloke, mm. but you know, we ain't going to see Ian Foster breakdancing you know, at the end of a game when they win. Scott's got that real charisma, that real personality. He walks into a room and, and the place lights up because he's in their presence. I think that's part of it. I think that highlights the criticism as well, particularly as Scott Robinson kept winning uh, competitions with the Crusaders. That's one. I think COVID hasn't treated New Zealand rugby very well, although the Blackburns have shown that you can rebound from that in a very short period of time. Um, and the other thing too is that the fact is, is that the performances haven't been to the standard. They haven't been to the standard that we would associate with the All Blacks. Now, Part of that is because margins are so much smaller now in terms of the difference between teams. You can see some quite big margins in a game and you actually go, well, did the other team play that bad? It's because the margins, I believe, between a good and a bad performance are, are less and less. Um, and surprisingly, that means we haven't seen as many tight games as what I would have thought. Um, but from my point of view, I, I think, yes, there are those people who are being overly critical of of the team and their performances, but I think there is still some genuine reasons to be critical and some facts that you can be critical of.
and the consistency of, of, of some players as, as part of it. We see them bring in one week and then sort of go missing a little bit the next week. But again, I think that steadily improved over the course of the second half of the season. So. Um, Ian Foster, um, the expectation, well, I think the team that he names, and we'll find that out tomorrow, mm. is in his current mind his best team. Um, the big conversation points for me is who starts at two, who starts at six, and who starts at 12. Um, okay. Ian Foster's going to pick his best team that's in his mind, surely, for this one. Yep, I believe so. So do you want me to work through those three numbers for Please. you? In order? Samasoni Takiyaho, uh, earned the spot. I think he's the clear number one hooker in New Zealand rugby at the moment. I think he has surpassed Cody Taylor. That said, I love the way that Cody has rebounded from a little bit of a form and maybe a confidence blip mm-hmm. after what happened against Argentina in Christchurch. I like the way Cody has rebounded. I would start Samasoni with, with Cody on the bench. And, and I don't mind that as a combination of... We've seen that work well in the past, Dave. When a, when a young Dane Coles usurped Kevin Mialamu and then Kevin became the finisher and did a great job at that, as well as being the Kormatua of the team. So I, I, I don't mind that dynamic. I think you start Samasoni with Cody off the bench. Six is Scott Barrett. Mm. I still don't think that neither Shannon Frizzell or Takeda Yawani has really solidified and said, hey, pick me, I'm the guy for the sixth jersey. You bring Brady Retallick back in at lock, you ship Scott Barrett to six. I think Scott Barrett is still the steadiest and most consistent option in the number six jersey. And then when you go to um, the number 12, it's Jordy Barrett. Again, I, I think he has shown that that's his spot. He's a guy who loves physicality. Wherever he plays, be it on the wing, be it on fullback, he goes looking for physicality. So give him that opportunity. I, I think he's the starting 12. I think you pair him with Rico Iwani and you put um, Anton Leonard Brown on the bench. But I will also concede, staff, that there is a definite possibility you could start Anton at 13 and shift Rico Ioani out to the wing if you wanted to. Rico doesn't want to, though, does he? <laughs> well, no, because I, I think he is, he's finally shown it. It's taken a wee bit of, bit of time, but I think he has learnt some key aspects of playing that centre position. Mm. Does he pass all the time when he should? No, but he's getting better at that. And again, I like the combination of he and Geordie. Um, again, you know, Geordie, as I say, doesn't mind the physical stuff. Goes looking for it. Give him that opportunity. Rico can do, you know, he can, he can power through you. He can run around you. His passing game is developed. I think he's actually developed really well. Defensively, he's being far less impetuous and flying up out of the line. So I think his defensive reads of the game have been a lot better. Um, so I, I would go there. But that said, look, Depending what you want to do in the 14 jersey, you know, if you want to push Rico out, you could. If you want to give Mark Talaya another shot, you can. Utilise Anton off the bench. There's actually a lot of options to go. But to answer your initial question, 12 is Geordie Barrett, and I think that should be the position they try to utilise him going forward. Nige, brilliant to have you on. Appreciate your insight, your balanced opinions, uh, but very forthright with them too. And uh, that's why we got you on. Really enjoyed catching up. Nige, let's not make it so long next time. Prediction. Yeah, uh, score prediction. Matter. Give us Let's a score speak. prediction. I don't do score predictions, but I like New Zealand to finish out the season with a win. Uh, I like the English teams developing, though, staff. Mm. I've got to say that. Eddie Jones is good in a four-year cycle. And I look at some of those young backs he's bringing through in particular. You look at the likes of uh, Freeman and Smith. Marcus Smith impresses the heck out of me. Um, we haven't seen 
uh, Henry Arundel, which is a shame because of injury. He's a talent. He's he's sneakily added a lot of nice young parts to that established English group. I think Eddie's got this team tracking really nicely, building towards the World Cup next year. But I will go with New Zealand in a, in a close one to get the job done and finish 2022 on a bit of a high. Good enough for me, Nigel. Great chatting. Always a pleasure, my man. Go well. There he is, Nigel Yeldon, wonderful voice of rugby. Uh, very reasoned uh, opinions there. We'll take a break now at New Sport and Weather, and we will come back. Rightio, it's time. We're going to do our Spark Sport update. But just before we launch into that, give us a call now for Show Me The Money because as soon as this is done, we're going to do Show Me The Money, 0800 150 811 if you want to be part of a four-leg multi of a TAB bonus bet, me, Sammy, Captain K, and you. So call us now. Captain K will take the calls. Uh, but Sammy, Spark Sport update. We want to see sport differently with Spark Sport. What you got for me? Uh, hang on, hang on. Pen, paper. Right, go. Um... Boy, I always I always look at it and think like surely you got to wind down at some point. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. Um, the good news for cricket fans, Steph, um, I do always find it weird that you go like straight from a World Cup into another series, but yeah, it happens so often in cricket. So straight into a series with India, which kicks off not kicks off, but starts tomorrow evening, um, Friday evening, and it's live on Spark Sport. Um, so seven. 7, 7.30 I think is the uh, is that first T20 against India. If you are so inclined to uh, watch it with the alternative commentary, you can also do that through Spark Sport. So I think they run two channels oh. and you can switch over if you'd like. Uh, and then of course the game on the Sunday, uh, which is also around the same time, 7, 7.20. Both those games on Spark Sport over the weekend. Beautiful. Um, I'll be watching both those. Thank th- you. Uh, three, pos- uh, three options here, Steph. I want you to rank them one through three, okay? Yeah. Rugby League World Cup Men's final, Rugby League World Cup women's final, Rugby League World Cup wheelchair final. Yours, please. Women's final, 100% number one. Two o'clock, Sunday morning. Daylight second. Go on. Uh, Who's in the final of the wheelchair? Uh, France, England. France absolutely towed up Australia, I think. Mm. It's close between that and the camp. Well, Samoa, I'm I'm south side, so... Yeah, I'd go that one second. The good second news is, equal, though, the good news, staff is you don't have to pick between any of them. Why? France v England, Saturday morning at 8.10. I think it's actually 8.38, build up from 8.10. Then Sunday, you can just breeze straight from the women's final, which is at 2 o'clock, through until um, Aussie Samoa at 5, into your All Blacks at whatever it was, 6.37. So um, you can no watch clashes. it all, staff. You can watch it all, which is fantastic. Um <clears throat> NFL, of course, is on Monday morning on Spark Sport. Lots of football going on, a few fights. There's some tennis in there. And, of course, the final race of the Formula One season, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, Liam Lawson getting a shot in Max Verstappen's car uh, in practice, which is pretty incredible. Um, No drama. There won't be the drama that we saw last year because Max has already got the title, although there is drama floating around Red Bull at the moment because he didn't let Checo his teammate mm, gets through. Drama. So we may see some fireworks at Abu Dhabi. Maybe Checo just a little <clears throat> into the inside there. Into the, uh, get off the, Surely get Max off has learned his lesson. He can redeem himself. I don't know. He's pretty blunt and direct, Max. I don't know if he's got this sort of nous to... Like, he hasn't come out and apologised or anything. Mm. So 
I don't know. But um, anyway, that's all live over the weekend. Um, Catch Liam Lawson as well. I think that's a great opportunity for him to be in Max's car. Um, So literally the number one Red Bull car um, at the Yars Marina. Formula 2 also runs concurrently alongside that. So you'll probably see um, Mark Armstrong involved Mm. as well. I haven't actually seen how he's been doing this year, but Mm. um, he'll be involved. So by my calculations, this month on Spark Sport, we had the Rugby World Cup. Uh, finals, mm-hmm. uh, Rugby League World Cup finals. Yes. We've got Black Caps India, uh, yep. Champions League. Yep. Um, Formula One. <laughs> Peaky Blinders ain't getting a look Even at Even at the UFC. Even at the UFC as well. I know. On, uh, on last Sunday. I know. So, it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Good stuff, Sammy. Thank you very much, Sammy. Um, so that is all there for you, uh, Sparks. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Now, we are going to play Show Me the Money. Show you the money. That's not so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Righto. I just had to go. We played that a little bit longer. Sam had to get out of the booth, into the booth. And he's back with his cap on. I'm back, and um, I haven't even had a really uh, had a look at um. What? <laughs> Kids just. I, would, I, oh, I I don't know what to pick, boys. Oh, well, Steph, I was, you, was going to see what you idea? boys did. Do, do you have I an have idea, an Steph? idea? Yeah, I have an idea. What I want to go. Okay. Is, why don't you, it, is why, that all right? Yeah, you kick us off, I reckon. You right. Or should we bring in our caller first? Is, oh, but yeah, who is yes. it? Who I is think it? we've got Chris there from Foxton. Chris. Hey, g'day, boys. How you going? How you going, Chris, you champion? <laughs> I'm not sure what to go for either, so go ahead. Right. All right, we'll kick it off. Staff, you start. All right, I'm going to go into the Women's Rugby League World Cup final. Don't mind it. I am taking the New Zealand woman getting 15 and a half points head start. Yeah, that's not bad. That is a big, big, and that's that's three or four tries if they don't get the conversions. We only went down by two to them, uh, what was it, a week ago? And now 15, surely we can stay within 15 with the urgency of a final on the line. Please, can I please have Sam Hewitt, New Zealand woman, plus 15 and a half against the Jillaloos. $1.87. Show me the money. You can certainly have that, Mark, free of charge. Don't worry about it. And uh, I'm just going to, I think I'm going to match you, Steph. I think I'm going to match you. You're going to go into the Samoa. I'm going to go Samoa. And I'm going to take them at 17 and a half. Now, I could easily, easily see this being a massive blowout for the Kangaroos. My only reservation there is I think the Kangaroos haven't fired yet at this World Cup. Even against us, Steph, I felt like we were the better team. I don't think they fight against us. So, or do I just take Aussie thinning plus? Oh, they're opposite opposite bets. I know, that's... No, you take Samoa. Okay, taking Samoa. 6.5. Taking the top. uh, 17.5 at a dollar. 87 as well, Seth. So we're off to a a little start there. Captain Captain K. K. Oh, boys, I'm very nervous. Look, because last week I think I stopped Israel Arasanya. So what I've got is I've got two choices and Staffy, no hesitation, number one or number two. Two. Okay, look, so what I've done here, England playing the All Blacks. We all know that. <laughs> I stopped Arasanya last week by saying he was going to win. Oh, no, you're going to no, go no, no, England. No, 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 I'm not. I'm oh, okay. Not. I have gone for England as a team 
to score the first try at two dollars. That's what I'm taking. That's actually a that's a yeah. very tasty Look, little bit. It's a little remix of the World Cup final last week where England scored first, and then uh, the Black Ferns came back and won. So hopefully. No, I- I think that's spot on, Steph, because the All Blacks start slow. Yeah. We have almost every game this year. I picked it against Ireland, so I'm thinking I can do it again. Oh, two bucks. Show me the money. That's a great tip. Kids, that's the tip of the weekend, I think. That is the tip of the weekend. Nice. Uh, Chris. Well, pressure's on, Chris. Chris, what do you yeah, think? Okay, you've got it. You've, you've got all your picks there, have you? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, pinch the England game. But anyway, um, Ireland playing someone this week. They sure are. Australia? Ireland, nah. Let me find it. Goodness me. Uh, Australia. Oh, gosh, I can't find it. There's so many matches. I was going through them all before. Ireland, Australia. Yep, Sunday morning. Ireland, Australia. There you go. And Ireland are at $1.18, Australia $4.60. Okay. um, I'd go Australia with a point start. That's what I'd like. That's 12 and a half. 12.5? Yeah, that'd be good. Aussie getting a twelve and a half point start, so that means we that's at a dollar ninety. So we got it two one eighty sevens, a dollar ninety, and a two. So that's going to be about semi. I'll do my quick about thirteen twenty ish something. Like thirteen twenty eight. <laughs> Settle down, son. Thirteen twenty eight. Put a fifty fifty buckaroos on that one, uh, Chris from Foxton, and your grand total should it be successful six hundred and fourteen dollars. And a wee 41 cents. Oh, Chris from Fox. You can buy some. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Oh, you can get some Foxton fizz. Oh, you could get a couple of Buffalo Bills for that. What are the, uh, what's the chicken stuff there? Not Brinks, it's... um, Teagles? No, 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 no. They've got their own little uh, chicken factory just down, just past the windmill Ah, on the right. Um, Is it Brinks? Maybe it is. I can't remember. Anyway, good. good, Do Do you reckon they'd have some of those old eggs there? No, not in Foxton. Uh. No, it wouldn't, wouldn't last five minutes in Foxton. Gee, that's um, I I just can't. I think that's actually a great tip from young kids there at two bucks. I think you throw that into your other multis across the weekend. If you don't mind, if you don't mind. All right, um, what's left to do? The vault. Let's get some more calls. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Got a new vault. Got a new sporting moment. I like this because I play along with you because I don't know what Sammy has picked. 0800 150 811 if you want to call up and play the vault. Seven questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? Almost feel like we should have woken up the voice guy when he voiced that. But it's $100. We've decided we're going to take it upon ourselves. Day one's going to be 100 not this 50 stuff. We'll start with 100. So playing for 100 today, Sam, is who? I think we've got Tony calling in from uh, from Auckland. Tony. How's it going, guys? Hey, mate. Do, he people, do people call you Tony or do they call you Tony? <laughs> or do they call you Tones? <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Forget this, about this isn't Ratony, is it, Steph? <laughs> no. There's no connection there? Okay, okay. Uh... Well, seven questions. Tony, uh, we've got a brand new bit of audio uh, locked away in the vault. In fact, I'm just going to lock it away. It's signed, sealed in there, staff. And one combination is going to open it up. Today, it's 100. I was going to say 100K. It's 100 bucks. Yeah. Uh, Tony, and it's over to you, mate, for your first seven questions. All right. Is it a team sport? Team sport. Is it a team sport? Yes, it is. 
Doesn't involve an oval ball. Mm. Oval ball. Oval ball. As opposed to a round ball, I'm, I'm assuming. So that's no, no, no um, uh, like a like a gridiron ball or a rugby ball. Yeah, so it's gridiron oh, rugby it league or AFL. It does. Yes. Nice, okay. nice question. Next. Um. All right. Um. Does it involve Australia? Ooh. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, it does not involve Australia. Tony? Okay, does it, does it involve America? Ooh. It does not involve America. Ah. It's four, uh, three to come. Okay. Um, is it rugby? Oh, sheepers. He's, I like this, though. Day one, I don't mind this. Tony, it is rugby. Yes, it is rugby. Oh, there you go. Does it involve a World Cup? Tony, it does involve a World Cup. It does involve a World Cup. Well, one more question then, I guess. Um, Is it after 2007? Is it after 2007? Mm. Yeah. No, it is not. Ah. Mm. Now you have to guess what the sporting moment is. All right, is it George Gregan slapping somebody saying four more years, boys? <laughs> it's a fine guess. Let's put it into the... Uh, you don't want to give me a year or a, or a particular tournament that they may have oh, happened I at, Tony? I, th- I, think it was, I think it was the um, I think it was the 2003 World Cup. Okay, that one was in Australia, wasn't it? I'll put it into the, uh, into the combination box. We'll see if you're correct. Oh, not quite though. Tony got you covered a lot of ground. Covered a lot of ground, Steph. Yeah, you covered a lot. But Tony, yeah, it was a great effort. But hey, don't worry about it. You can have another go. <laughs> That's not. Don't worry. Forget about it. <laughs> Good on you, buddy. Thanks, Tony. There we are. One hundred and fifty dollars tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be playing for $150. He's got you down a good path there. Nice work to Tony. Nice work to Tony. Take our last break and we'll... Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. On this day, November 17, in 1993, a young man from San Marino, his name is David, he did this. San Marino kickoff. Remember that Holland on this very ground. Oh, it's a mistake by Pierce and humiliation here. 8.3 seconds goal, San Marino against England. Boomfer. Uh, England won 7-1, but uh, world record, fastest ever international goal. 2001, Leighton Hewitt became the youngest number one in the world, 20 years old. 20 years old. Became the youngest world number one ranked player when he beat uh, Patrick Rafter in straight sets at the Masters Cup in Sydney. In 2007, during his unbeaten 67 against Sri Lanka in the second test at Hobart, Adam Gilchrist hit his 99th and 100th career six over mid-wicket. He finished his career on an even 
100. Birthdays, 1923, Bert Sutcliffe, absolute legend of New Zealand cricket. Another legend, Peter Snell, uh, both sadly passed away, but it is their birthdays today. Aaron Finch, 36 today. James Bennett, former White Ferns media manager. Benno, happy birthday. And Ronaldo Mulitalo, Kiwi rugby league player, is 23. And on this day in 1973, the number one movie was Robin Hood, and the number one song was... I can see clearly now the rain is gone I can see all obstacles in my way Johnny Nash, he can see clearly now. I can see clearly that Phoenix Nation is upon us. Thanks to Sam, thanks to Captain K and Grace for popping in. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.